You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Clapback Culture, another Thursday episode where I'm going to take you through all of today's trending topics. Of course, I had to bring in my girl, Basa Gordon, to come through and chop it up with me tonight because there's so much to talk about. What's up? What's up, sis? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I see you a little toned down. Did you get your beer? Did I get my what? I thought you were on live and said you wanted to go grab a beer. No. That's not what you said? No. Oh, I thought you said, okay, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get Oh, I thought I was going to TikTok. Oh, I thought you said I'm going to go grab a beer, like get on a scooter and go to get a beer. Well, I did say I was going to take a scooter later on, but I said the dispensary. Oh, like a new little vape situation. (laughs) I didn't make it there because I had like a little meeting. Okay, let's keep it lit. Let's keep it lit. Well, guys, we have a really good show in store for you today. But of course, we got to start with the headlines and talk to you about what's going on. So let's start right on through. Did you guys hear about uh, the Seattle Pacific University and their graduating class? Instead of shaking the hand of the president, they offered him a pride flag in demonstration of the school's policy that bans LGBTQ staffers. So let's take a look at the clip and then we'll come back and talk about it. They are calling it their final act of defiance. During graduation this weekend, some Seattle Pacific University students handed the university's interim president a pride flag instead of shaking his hand. For almost a month, students have been protesting the policy banning staff members from being in same-sex relationships. We just wanted to be, have a very, very visual display of, at graduation of how our community is still continuing to fight for the against the policies at SPU. Um, that just because we're graduating doesn't mean that we're going to forget or stop fighting. Tonight, Pete Minjares, interim president of SPU, told King 5, quote, it was a wonderful day to celebrate with our graduates. Those who took the time to give me a flag showed me how they felt, and I respect their view. Well, guys, this is a not so interesting approach if you think about it, because the school is a religious organization and it's an affiliate of the Free Methodist Church. And so they stand by this policy and say that if you go to the school or you participate in the school um, as a staff member, employee, that these are some of the guidelines that are, you know, around the church. Um, and in their thought process and the way that they think. And so with that being said, it just lends itself to this is our policy and that's it. Two board members actually stepped down in, in, in protest of this. Um, so it's not a surprise that the graduates made, um, you know, their last appearance to let um, the president know that they just don't agree with the board of trustees. Basa, what do you think about this? Is this... I mean, is it part of the course? Like, I mean, it's not like the policy's hidden and they're standing, they're doubling down on it. 
I think it's kind of weird. And I, I was actually on hits when I finally like when I heard about it, I was just like doing like my day to day research. And I, I felt a way about it because, like you said, it's like you you know what kind of school that you go to. It would be yeah. different if this was like Cleveland High School, Garfield High School, you know, John Muir Elementary, like a regular school. Hell, it would be different if it was UW. But it's a religious school. So you kind of knew what you were signing up for when you went there. And if they're already a part of different organizations that basically say that they're not for, you know, gay love, whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't really understand the point of the protest. Like at that point, were you just trying to go viral? Because again, you kind of already knew what you were signing up for. It's like working at McDonald's and then being mad when they're like, hey, I need you to go shake the fries. Like, I agree. I, I agree. And I think the students, the only reason they possibly feel some type of way is that while they have a non-discrimination policy that still is, you know, upheld by this religious, aff uh, you know, affiliation, it is also saying that they're asking employees to refrain from same-sex activity, but it says that the school is committed to diversity, equity, inclusion, all of those politically correct terms, and that it welcomes lesbian, gay, transgender individuals of all kinds. And so, I'm not really sure how it's okay for students and they're welcoming LGBTQ plus students, but they're not welcoming the employees on that side. So it's an interesting uh, policy here. And I'm sure that this is not going to be the last we hear about it. Sounds like everyone's confused to me, but that's just my thoughts. And, you know, that's just our thoughts. <laughs> well, at this point. Well, some unfortunate news that we're going to have to talk about and that we keep as a reoccurring topic here on Clapback Culture is these mass shootings. But fortunately, this shooting was not mass, but it is newsworthy and we should talk about it. So there was another shooting in Texas that happened at a um, at a summer camp, if you will. And so there's a 42 year old woman who entered um uh, an organization called the field house, you guys. And so eyewitnesses say that he went in, he seemed non-threatening, um, that he started to bring attention to himself. He lit a cigarette. Coaches came up to kind of ask what he was doing there. He got a little bit combative and then drew for a weapon. Um, the eyewitness said that she grabbed her kids. She was at the counter paying for their lunches, hid into another room, heard gunshots, and the police responded within minutes and took down the gunman who did try to enter the classrooms where the students were. We do have a clip. Let's go ahead and play it and we'll talk, talk more about it. This morning, families in Texas thankful their children are safe after a man entered a summer camp armed with a handgun. He had texted me and said, Mom, I think someone's entered the field house with a gun. 150 kids were inside the Dallas area facility when police say the gunman fired at least one shot inside the building. Quick thinking camp staffers heard the shot and jumped into action, ushering the children to safety. They just told us to stay quiet and we were in the men's room, so there were showers in there, so we hid in the showers. One camper says he... Well, this could have got ugly quick. Um, and obviously the police were able to respond. I mean, we did not see that at um, Riggs Elementary School, but... Um, 
Golly, you can't even send your kids to summer camp without something crazy happening. It, it turns out that the shooter was also a convicted felon. So the idea and logic around the fact that he did have a firearm, you know, obviously was either an illegal firearm. They're looking more into that. But what do we think here? Grocery stores, churches, summer camps, schools. I mean, it's everywhere. What are, what are What's the conversation around this gun reform that we need to be having? I can't remember if I seen it on TikTok or on someone's YouTube, but it's probably TikTok to be honest. But um, they were comparing our gun laws versus gun laws in other countries. Like there's countries where you have to take tests and then you have to take another test and then you have to like buy this permit and you have to be this age and then you have to take a psych test. And it's like all these different levels and barriers and then you have to do training and ours, you just really have to be 18 and have like, you know, somewhat of a clean record. And so I I understand when people are like, we don't really know how to do gun control. But it's like, if we didn't make it so damn easy for like, literally people are 18, 19 buying these guns and they're shooting stuff up. And then someone is like, well, when he came in and bought the gun, he seemed normal. I didn't think anything of it, but you're not... It, it's not my job, even me as a radio host, it's not my job to talk to one of my listeners and be like, well, they seem normal. Well, yeah, they seem normal to me. I'm, I'm freaking, I'm an influencer. I'm a radio host. I'm not um, a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. It's not my job to judge if you are sane or not. So it's, it's always interesting to me when they say that rather than making it just a wee bit, like just adding an extra two or three steps, I feel like would be helpful. But the simple fact that you really just have to be 18, sign some paperwork, pay for it and go on about your day. There's no psych evaluation. There's no medical record check. There's no you know, training, no nothing. I think that's a huge issue that we have here. And, you know, a lot of other countries have that and they don't have the same issues. Well, I, I can't I couldn't agree with you more. I think Leon's also agreeing with you in the comments. It's one of those situations where you have to really think about what more can we do. And I don't think it's much to ask to include more, um, do a more thorough investigation in those background checks. Right. Like, I just don't think it's 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 a big ask. Like we should be trying to do everything uh, to really change the laws around guns and, 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 and how people can be able to have access to them and really think about maybe a revocation process, right? Like what happens in order for you to get your gun taken away, your firearm taken away? And I think it's bigger than this idea of mental health, even though that's a huge crisis. Um, and, and to your point, we're not psychiatrists. And so the people who are the experts do need to get out there and do their part. And us as civilians, we need to continue to advocate to our local officials to be able to really change some stuff in Congress. We need some legislation around this um, and, and really something strong that we can get behind. I really love what Canada did, right? Their prime minister showed up and showed out, okay? He said that he is banning um, all high capacity magazines, um, that he's banning uh, the, the legal trade and selling of, of, of uh, firearms at the moment. And so he just put an instant stop to it. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to see things be a big change um, in an instant in order for us to kind of have other things follow. And so that's what I'm looking for America to do. Let's just step in and just do something big. Let's do something massive. Let's try something because what we're doing right now is not helping. 
Period, Pooh. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that was a little heavy. We are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to be in our Do It For The Culture section. And we have so much to talk about. Stay tuned. You're watching Clap Back Culture. Hello, my name is Ramon Brian Braxton, and I am the artistic director and conductor for the historic Juneteenth musical that will be presented at the McCaw Music Hall on Sunday, June 19th at 6 p.m. The musical is entitled Songs of Black Folk, Music of Resistance and Hope. This concert will feature the rich musical traditions that have been birthed from the African-American experience, including spirituals, jazz, gospel, R&B, hip-hop, and spoken word. An orchestra plus rhythm section will accompany internationally renowned soloists Bridget Brazil, Solomon Howard, and James Conner, along with local artists Felicia Curry and Robin Henderson. Our special guest artist will be Mr. Darren Atwater, a critically acclaimed composer and founder of Baltimore Soulful Symphony. Additionally, a choral group of local singers will present diverse arrangements of iconic African-American music. You can reserve your free tickets for this phenomenal event on Ticket Leap, searching One Seattle Juneteenth or on the McCall Hall website. Please join One Seattle in partnership with the New Beginnings Christian Fellowship of Kent, the Church Council of Greater Seattle, and a long list of community sponsors as we celebrate freedom with music that speaks and heals every soul. COVID protocols will be in place and masks are required. All right, y'all, welcome back to Clapback Culture. Of course, this is our favorite, favorite segment of the show, the Do It For The Culture section. And guess what, honey? We got some news to share with you. Basa told me, someone told her in the internet then blown up that Drake is dropping an album at midnight, honey, and I cannot wait. Well, midnight on East Coast time, 9 p.m. if you're on the West Coast, but child is given, honestly, never mind. The seventh studio album from Drake. We are looking forward to it. He posted it on his social media, you guys, and it went crazy. I can't believe that I missed this like instantly. I don't know what I've been doing all day, um, but he's only giving fans a few hours. I mean, is he trying to jump the gun of Beyonce? What's really going on? Well, I know Beyonce is dropping in July, but I felt like that was even announced today. So it's like, I mean, I think... I think with COVID, there's just new rules to music. And with an artist like a Drake or a Beyonce, he can drop it at 6.66 p.m. And the album's still going to do fine because it's Drake. Um, right. So I think that's probably why he just dropped it so randomly because he's like, I don't, I don't need to do promotion. The fact that I just popped this on the internet is going to have very, I didn't even know. I was minding my own business. <laughs> Minding my own business on IG Live, playing Tim's, and somebody was like, play some Drake. And I was like, uh, why? What? Like, I'm a Drake, but right. I'm playing Tim's. You're being disrespectful right now. And he was like, Drake is dropping a new album tonight. So I literally have to Google it, and he is. So I don't know. I'm curious to know who's going to be on it. Apparently, right after he posted it, Kanye West liked the post. So people are speculating that maybe Kanye might be on the album. I don't know. But uh, we got a little under two hours, if it drops on time anyways, um, before it comes out. I'm excited. You know, I was telling you the 2022 Summer Baby is giving everybody's outside. So this is right on time. I mean, it's less than a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's le I mean, it's less than a year than the Certified Lover Boy album, but I'm going to be honest with you. I really was not like totally into that. Um, so I'm looking forward to 
this album, um, I think it's right on time for the summer. I think, you know, DJ Khaled said it best. Get your spritzer ready, honey, because I'm ready for some good music, something I could roll out to in my little truck. Come out from the uh, the car wash, baby. Crank it up. It's right on time. It's outside season this summer. We're outside, baby. It's too many festivals. It's too many things happening. It's like. We back. So Drake, thank you very much for going, uh, getting us together for the summer. We appreciate you. And guess what? We're going to talk about it next week and talk about what albums we want. Yes. I mean, what songs we like on the album. I, I'm going to definitely probably try to listen to it nine o'clock tonight just because. Why not? I still got definitely. some work to do. Turn on some Drake. Smoking yeah. It's a good okay. night. The sun down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I think I don't know when I'm going to listen to it. I probably won't listen to it tonight. I need to like build it up and then maybe I'll listen to it tomorrow when I'm cleaning up. Let's see if it's a good a good rotation to clean the house up with. Yeah. OK, okay. Well, you know, Drake, he, he never he never disappoints. So, I mean, it's my expectations are high. Facts. All right. Well, my expectations were not high for Black China. Did you watch the fight? She did no. a celebrity boxing match, you guys. And clearly Black China caught that fade. I initially had high hopes when I was looking at her training on social media. But child, it ended up in a draw. She was fighting a social media fitness influencer. Um it was it was a hot ghetto mess, girl. And it's just given like you need to do anything to pay the Kardashians back their money because you out here just doing anything. And it was giving real goofy vibes with the whole padded helmets and the big pillow gloves and the stripper outfits. I just I couldn't oh. take it serious. I really couldn't take it serious. Um Black China, you from Southeast DC, baby. You were supposed to pull up and show out, girl. Mm -mm. You it's know, no, no thanks. So I knew the fight was going to happen. I didn't plan on watching the fight. I figured if it was anything good that happened, I would scroll on social media and see it. I guess I never scrolled and I never seen it. But I saw like their little, what is it? Like the pre-huddle that they usually do where like talk to each other. And I saw like, I don't know, either the girl pushed Black China or Black China tried to push the girl. I don't know. It looks really wimpy, wimpy. And at that point, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. Right. Uh, I mean, did anybody else see the fight? It's given a lot of people didn't didn't watch it. I think we all watched those highlight clips. And uh, it's just a desperate approach for someone to pay their bills. But shout out to Black China one time. She's going to go and get that bag. I don't even know how much she made off the fight, but... I love a good celebrity boxing match. I don't know if we can really put her in the category of celebrity, but these days influencers are given given celebrity status, if you will. But Besa, you you really have to drop the tea on this, sis. So there was this girl. I know you're the TikTok queen. Okay, so there's this girl that went viral on TikTok, and basically she's talking about being single and why she's going to be single forever. She goes into this entire diatribe on why she's going to be single forever. So hold on. I'm going to I'm, we're going to play the clip. I'm going to let you listen to it. And then we're going to come back and you're going to spill everything that, you know. This is probably reason number 500 
thousand of why I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. And I'm fine with that. I don't want to do anything for you. I don't want to cook for you. I don't want to clean for you. I don't want to be your secretary and set your appointments and chase you around and make you go because of your health. I don't want to pick up your socks for you. I don't want to be one of those people who comes on TikToks and makes funny videos about how you can't do anything for yourself and men do the darndest things and everybody's in the comments like, yeah, my husband does that too. My boyfriend does that too. Fuck that. I want to be with somebody who is an adult, a fully functioning adult. It's been proven time and time again that men are the ones who benefit from marriage and relationships because we get in them and we do everything and they just get to sit back and receive everything from us. And then as a treat, as a treat, they might do something for our birthday or for Mother's Day. Mm, now listen, hey, <laughs> where where do you go? Where take us somewhere? And can I also say, can we have the single people uh, pull up in the comments and let me know your thoughts on this? So basically, she's talking about the traditional. Uh, roles of a heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman. And she's saying she don't got time to be cooking, cleaning, doing laundry, honey. She needs a fully grown adult male, okay? Um, I don't know what type of dude she's dating, but I agree with you, sis. I'm not going to be cooking, cleaning, and shucking and jiving all day long either. It's going to be a partnership. But basically, is this what's out here in this sea? Like, what's it giving? Uh, I mean... Look, <laughs> I I only deal with like a certain type of dude. So if you can't order your own Uber Eats, if you can't, you know, Instacart you your groceries, if you can't figure out a maid situation to clean up your place as I'm looking for a maid to clean mine, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's, it's not it's not a situation of that I won't cook it's not a situation that I won't clean but I'm I'm not here to be your housewife you know what I mean I have I have a life of my own I have things to do I would hope that you have things to do actually he would have things to do because I don't deal with guys that don't have things to do so I think I think my question to her is girl what kind of men are you dating yeah 100 percent And I I think she's also dead ass wrong when she says that men benefit from a marriage and relation and marriage and relationships and women do everything for their man. Like, I think that's such an old school way of thinking. And and to your point, what kind what kind of dudes are you dating, sis? Like, we need to can the real dude slide in her DM because a lot of great men, a lot of our brothers is out there. And guess what, sis? They ain't making you do anything. And the right man is going to make you feel wonderful about cooking and cleaning and taking care of him. And really anyone, like when you really care about someone, you're going to take care of them. You're going to say, I want them to come home to a clean house. I want them to be able to eat because they had a long day. And it's not really going to make a difference one way or the other on who does it. But of course, it does need to be a partnership, right? Like that's what makes it healthy. That's what makes it great. You want that in return, right? So you're going to invest in your partner and your partner is going to in turn invest in you. So 
I get where she's going with it. I think she is sounding a little scorned, honey. Just but so we it, it mm. sounds like what happened with her is that she probably recently had that be her last situation. And then mm-hmm. she probably just broke up with him a couple days ago and just finally had had it and wanted to do a rant because I just feel like if that's what you're dealing with, why haven't you taken the time to ask yourself what kind of men that you're attracting? Like, mm-hmm. I, and it's like, I under, like, it's so, I feel like it's so easy for like, cause men or women, not even singling out one gender to go on TikTok or Instagram and complain about what's out there and how they always have to do this, that, and the third for X, Y, Z. But it's like, so change the type of women that you're dating. Right. Stop grabbing women from the same place or stop going after the same kind of woman. Like maybe get to know her first. I don't know. Like right. I just feel like sometimes people are so quick to just be like, oh, I'm going to be single forever. Everyone out there is trash. You know, all the fish in the sea are dying. You know, that's why there's a global warming type situation. Uh, but who are you going after? Right. I agree. I mean, we do we're, we do have the ability to speak things into existence and we're going to draw the energy that we give out. And so if your energy is negative, like and you're going into a dating environment like I ain't going to do this and I ain't going to do that, then that's probably going to be a turnoff to whoever you're trying to date. And so switch that mindset up, sis, you know what I'm saying? And just relax and go with the flow and hopefully uh, somebody a good will slide into them DMs. I don't know. Is that how they do it now, girl? And then also, girl, are you cooking and cleaning too early? Because sometimes <laughs> if you start cooking and cleaning on the first or second day, don't get mad when you get used to it. You started it. You said, I mean, you set yourself up for failure. And And why is it that you're not even like asking like, hey, can you make me something nice? Like, oh, do you know how, like maybe that's just one of the things like you looking for a man who can cook. I don't know, but it, girl, she was talking about, she was just feeling lazy. So I, I don't know, we gonna pray for our good sis and we hope um, and pray that she finds somebody who can take better care of her because yeah, she sounds like she is not about the one-sided relationship and neither are we, we're not here for it. Mm-hmm. I can be single. If that's the case, girl. And, and and like she said, she will be single forever. All right. So, Besa, I don't know if you saw this, but I was watching an interview on Vlad TV, um, and Vlad was interviewing comedian D Ray, and they were having a conversation about Hollywood and really a lot of the sexual assault accusations around um, Harvey Weinstein and and Terry Crews and things of that nature. And within the context of that conversation, D. Ray opened up and admitted that his first sexual encounter, he lost his virginity to two 30 something year old women. Um, he, he also made the claim that these women had somehow had a relationship or a friendship with his mother. And he talks about, you know, that sexual encounter and those women taking advantage of him at 11 and 11 going on 12 years old. What's crazy to me about the interview is that someone laughs in the background. D-Ray like kind of opens up, he makes a smile, he kind of like laughs it off. But I'm really thinking like, what the hell are we laughing about? Because this child was raped by two 30 year old women and you have these men in the background like 
kind of like shifting this to be like, oh, yeah, he was in beast mode when really the conversation he was having was like he was traumatized. And now he he doesn't even feel comfortable going down on women because of the trauma, the sexual trauma that he experienced as a young child. It makes me think about what we heard back in the day when Chris Brown talked about losing his virginity at eight years old. Right. And now he's this like sexual prowess. And that's why he's so good in bed or even, you know, like hurt young boys like R. Kelly, who was sexually assaulted as a young child by um, a female family member. What what is this, you guys? I mean, this is rape culture, but we're really laughing about whether or not boys can be raped and molested at a young age. And I think this is kind of the wrong message to send. And there's no outrage about it. So. I don't know. I mean, it really stood out. It, it really plucked something in, in my heartstrings. And I really think I wanted to bring it to the table to have a conversation with you and our audience about it, because it's something that's so often overlooked where boys, young boys are kind of given this pat on the back when they have these um, these sexual assaults. And it's kind of not really discussed. What do you think? I think. I think the pat on the back comes because, and even like in that instance, the laughing, because it probably happened to them too. So mm. I think that, you know, how they say laugh away the pain. So if, 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 go with me on this one. If you live on a block, right? And say there's 10 dude, young boys on the block. And then six out of the 10 young boys have been touched in some way by a male or female aunt, uncle, friend, whatever. And they were underage. One opens up to one, one opens up to the other. And then maybe somebody else opens up and then maybe someone else opens up and they make a joke about it to lighten the mood. I think I think this is something that unfortunately happens so often to not just, you know, children but in particular young black boys and they don't really talk about it i think i don't necessarily know if it's a really a rite of passage i almost really feel like it's more so of yeah this happens a lot we're used to it now and we just kind of like sweep it under the rug and the easiest way to sweep it under the rug is to make a joke about it and i think it's unfortunate it does definitely normalize a culture of that but I think if it's something that you're just so used to, to where it happens to your dad, your dad's dad, your brother, your cousin, old boy down the street, I, I just think that in the way that I personally grew up, their mindsets are different than mine, to where it's hard for me to even grasp how something like that would be funny. But again, if it's normal to you, kind of laughing away that trauma is possibly what that ends up being. And then the rite of passage makes it to where it's like, you're all right. Because if you think about it with boys, boys are allowed to sleep with like five women in one day. Mm -hmm. Freaking Lori Harvey has been in a few relationships that we've known about. And she's an absolute whore to everybody. Yet Future has how many baby mamas? You know what oh. I mean? So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, boys will be boys. You know what I mean? And... Uh, you know, no one really says anything to the woman over the years, but the boys have this quote unquote rite of passage, which really is just a very awkward story that you might want to go get some therapy for. 
I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I think Harry Jefferson's comment, if we can put that up, Cuddy, is right on the on the money. It's a double standard in all ways. Society doesn't recognize sexual assault from women to men. The definition of sexual assault is for a man to assault a woman. For this reason, it gets swept under the rug, essentially. And that's true. I mean, I think you also coined it the right way. It it's almost it has almost been deemed as a rite of passage. And that is the way that our, and we'll just speak on our, the black men, black men have learned to cope with that trauma and that these sexual predators, these women that are sexually preying on these young boys, um, you know, it's almost like they're, you know, pulling them out of their innocence and they're using the this rites of passage kind of narrative to be able to code that that sexual assault. And I think we need to really think about that. And I think we need to have more conversations about that. And I think we need to protect our young men a lot more because we're quick to be like, oh, nah, our girls can't spend the night with uncle so-and-so, but we never think about auntie so-and-so who could be doing the same thing or her girlfriends that are coming over there. And I've heard this story. Come on. I mean, and we just, we think of women as, um, as, as not having the ability to be sexual predators. But then when we see it, we're just so shocked and appalled. I mean, I have an 11 year old little boy in my house right now and I just can't imagine a 30 something year old woman taking, taking him under the cuff like that. I mean, that's why it's so shocking to me to listen and watch, you know, D-Ray talk about it. And you could tell that trauma was still sitting on him. And then to have someone laugh it off in the back, it, he, it totally just changed how he was going to talk about it. I mean, he, he goes into like, and I just remember, I didn't even have any hair on my body. He just kept repeating that. And you could tell he was bringing himself back into the moment. And to have someone lighten that mood, I think we can't go with the boys will be boys anymore. And we got to protect them. Like it's it's getting, it's too much. Um, can we pull, pull up Nicole West's comment? I want to like also know people that do that to their children. For example, Boozy was like, he took his son and his nephew to have like a 30 some odd, you know, woman go down on them. And he paid her to do it. So it's like, I feel like that kind of goes in with that rite of passage thing to where he's like, yeah, I definitely paid a woman, a grown woman to come over here and service my son and my nephew when they were like 13. And he was proud of it. He said it on IG Live. And I'm just like, whoa. Listen, I actually totally forgot we had the clip. So Cuddy reminded me that we had the clip. I, I've been, I was just thinking about it and because I watch it. So let me play the clip for you guys so you guys can actually see it. And then we'll kind of wrap this up in a bow and move on to our next topic. I wasn't being parented correctly slightly try to take advantage of me and not slightly have taken advantage right, of me. you lost your virginity to two 30 year olds yeah the same time yeah two ugly <laughs> horrible looking women and you were uh, uh what was i you were how old 11 11 going to 12 i had no hair on me right i had no i remember i remember not having and and it was disgusting and to this day it's difficult for women to get me to go down. It's difficult. The girls that have had it, um, you're welcome. But it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me. 
<laughs> it's hard for me to go down, man, because I was like, I remember what it was like down there. It was like, <laughs> it was like a scary jungle. <laughs> mm. I'm you sorry, see? that should be funny, but that was funny. <laughs> it's the description. I think if okay, first of all, Vlad was one of the people that was definitely laughing. Hundred percent. He's a comedian, so he. What he ended up doing again is making light of the as the more uncomfortable that he got and the more that I could see him getting uncomfortable, his jokes got funnier. So it's like it was I, deflection at its finest. I really feel like he would rather and a lot of especially black men that this happened to rather than actually going to like get some mental help and talk to someone and be worked through with it and be able to have that trust again, it's easier to just make a joke and make light of the situation because otherwise, if you stay on that like same level of this is what happened and I didn't have any hair on my body and you don't take a left to where it was like a jungle down there or whatever have you and you're welcome, now the energy in the room is different and maybe they feel like, oh my God, I brought the room down. Or, you, you know, it's like those little excuses that you make up in your head. I feel like that trauma is just something that a lot of people don't know how to deal with. And like I said, it's easier to make a joke. Girl, I mean, even watching it back after talking about this, like you see that D-Ray is leading into it. He's leaning into the story like it's sexual assault, but Vlad just laughs at it. And he's like, oh yeah, you, you lost your virginity to two women. And he's like, yeah, and I was 11. And he was like, and you were what? And he was like, and I was 11. And he can't even express it to him openly. Like, actually this was really traumatizing without Vlad making light of the situation. So uh, listen, there, there is this, this is something that we're gonna continue to talk about you guys, but this is not new on the menu. Like this is something that actually happens. I wanted to bring awareness to this topic because clearly people, um, our, our young boys are coping with this situation and, and making it a laughing matter. But look, basically, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about something along the same lines, but DJ Academics 2013 audio clip of him wanting to have sex with underage girls, then flooding the internet, y'all. We gonna, we gonna talk about it when we come back. You're watching Clapback Culture. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf and the Drowsy Chaperone, the Prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. When the pandemic hit, it did affect me as a barber. I had my own personal reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. At the time, I didn't check the actual source. I thought the vaccine was developed too fast, but I was talking to the doctor and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family. I wanted to get back to that once was, right? I do feel safe knowing that I am vaccinated. I just hope what I'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for all of us. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. I'm your host, Jules Jesse, with my girl, Basa Gordon, and someone who is never 
a stranger to controversy is DJ Academics. But this time, y'all, it has come up in a recent post, you guys, and an audio clip then leaked and came out into the internet where he is talking about there is no difference between dating a 21-year-old girl and a 17-year-old girl, and both of them are going to get that D. Let's go ahead and play that clip, and we'll come back and talk about it. Like, like it's more about it in the bigger scheme of things, there's not much difference between a 20 or a 17 or a 21 and a 17. Just kind of mean one's a minor and one's not a minor. But I will say, listen, I adopted this rule, which I think it was fine. I said, listen, man, as long as a chick got a college ID, she's getting fucked. I don't care if she's 17. I don't care if she's 17 and a half. I don't care if she just turned 17. She's going to get this dick. Real honest with you guys. Ciao. Okay, so allegedly, you guys, and and maybe this changes how you think about it. Allegedly, this audio was when he was 20 years old, um, and it's super old from 2013. Basa, girl, what? What? I didn't even know he was podcasting back in 20. 2013 so it kind of reminds me of uh those old tweets that everybody has that have just been popping up and it's like somehow some way they go back on twitter it's like 2010 that 20 2008 to 2011 era of twitter was hot (laughs) yes and so uh this this is basically what that reminds me of um Does it matter to you that he was 20 when he said this? What I would say about him saying this when he was when it was 20, because honestly, I don't really care when he says it because he's not my cup of tea. Um, right. But <laughs> it's in general, my thought is he was clearly doing that. Right. So it's like, it's like, why would you say that if you didn't actually do it? or you didn't think about it. I am going I'm going with Darnell in this situation and that the most sickening part of this is the mindset and that he is of the thought that he still has that mindset. And so if you are 20 and you say something like that, you know, having sex with a 17-year-old girl doesn't seem that crazy. But if you're 25 26, 30, grown man thinking about having sex with minors is giving pedophile and is giving rapist. And I think we have to, like, we can't keep giving excuses to all of this stuff. Like, it's giving predator vibes. And the way that he says it is is very... Um, absent of thinking about that the the woman on the other end right and so just how i'm saying protect our black boys we have to protect our black girls and he's talking about just because you got a college id you know you gonna get this work i was 17 when i went into college right and you're coming out of high school you have no idea what you're getting yourself into i mean it's it's one of those situations where that is why we have laws around this right the age of consent is there for a reason and so we have to honor that we need to recognize that and i think it's just disheartening that 
and sickening, right? Like you got a plethora of other women who are of legal age and of consenting All age. The club. <laughs> okay, on your HBCU campus, like it's a it's a it's a million and one. Okay, the, I mean it's not like you, you don't have to look far, brother. But to come out and like you said, to spill it all in an audio clip like that and have it resurface. I mean, it goes back to like, watch what you say. I mean, back in the day, we just had no idea this stuff was all going to come back to haunt us. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure my Twitter feed looks crazy. But I'm trying to figure out how to delete that because Lord, I don't really know what's back there. And I don't want to at this point. But I really don't want to. But honestly, I didn't even think of it the way that Darnell said in terms of like, okay, yeah, he's a grown man now. So does he still think that? Because you can be 16 and be in college. They have the Head Start programs. You could be real young and be in college. So if it's just about a college ID, you know, 20 versus 17, I hate to say it, but okay. It's a three-year difference. And in some states, 17 is of consent. So at that point, it really just kind of depends on where you're living at when you say something like that. But when you're like 30, like you said, 35, doing the R. Kelly, prowling around McDonald's. Because that's what vibe it's giving. Like the leaked audio is giving that. It's giving very much that. It's giving very much predator prowling, looking for young girls, you know. And that's ultimately, I think, the mindset that I'm agreeing with um, Darnell on. So, y'all... Listen, first of all, watch your mouth. Okay. Second of all, wash your mouth out with soap and clean your mind out. If you have these thoughts and and aspirations, you need to go sit down with a mental health counselor and get yourself together and in check. I hope that we're having these conversations around people who can check us to say like, nah, dude, like that's a hot mess.com. Like you need to chill. I just, I hate it here. I hate it here. And somebody like DJ Academics, who has a huge platform um, and who does say controversial things on his platform all the time and has, you know, has so many hot topics on his platform. I mean, he does need to respond to this. And I think he does need to to say something to it, even if it was um, a super long time ago. So we'll see. No, and and get and I, I guarantee you, he plans on not saying anything about it. Interesting, which is so crazy because he he was so quick to pop up talking about you know information from Megan Thee Stallion's case. I'm over here trying to see if there's anything on his Twitter, but I don't see anything. Um, you know what? If he responds to it, he's gonna do it on Clubhouse. And guess what? We we not even on Clubhouse no more. Yeah, we're on Clubhouse, and, but that's my point because when you when you're on Clubhouse, he has all his friends. He has, you know, you he know, has his, he built his team there. Yeah, like this, just all these other very, very loud and opinionated men within the industry. They all like pretty much share one room, and they have like these just heated conversations or just over, overexposed conversations, if you will. So I wouldn't be surprised if when we finally do hear about him saying something, it's going to be an audio clip from Clubhouse. I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I thought about that, too. And to be honest, I mean, it's, you know, his clubhouse is like an echo chamber. Like he's only going to hear things that sound like him, which is why he loves it. So 
I mean, I, I doubt that he will say anything to your point. If he does, it may or may not come out on Clubhouse, but he's probably just going to let this thing roll until we forget about it and something else happens in the news. So there you have it, you guys. Uh, our top influencers are out here just sounding and looking a hot mess. <laughs> Ciao. Oh. All right, Basa. Well, that wraps up our show tonight. I'm so glad that you could come and join me and fill in this space to talk about some of these topics because I couldn't have just I couldn't have talked this out with anyone better but you. When you're not here on Clapback Culture, where can they find you? Um, on social media everywhere at Basa Gordon on Seattle. I am on Hits 1061. You really should just follow me on social media to find out what times and what days because I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> and then um, I'm also on in a few other states. So yeah, just hit me up on social media. Find me there. Girl, and we know you are booked and busy on that social media. Okay. Make sure you guys go follow her TikToks. I love your content on TikTok. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> and I love your new thing that you did. I, I watched your piece of content where you um, went to Beery in the cafe and all of that. Yeah. That's my favorite kind of content. Food. And talking about food is like number one. I've been watching all of it. So keep that up, sis. Thank you. I'm diving in. I'm diving in. I'm I'm starting to like it. My my, my followers are starting to like it. And I'm like, okay. I think you like like the reviews. We like (laughs) it. I want, but you know what I do like, if I could give you one thing that I also like, I like to see people actually eating the food. So, because I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, that looks so good. I want to see you take a bite of that great food so I can just be like, oh, I want that too. I don't know yeah, why I like that. I have that in my Tutabella one where I'm eating the food and then I have- Tutabella is so good. Oh my God. I'm going, oh my God, it was a schmoody wood. And then I have two other ones where I know for a fact that I'm eating the food because I thought about the same thing. I'm like, people probably want to see my reactions to where if it's good, if it's nasty. So I started like recording myself. So the next one of food, you'll see me like probably putting a burrito in my mouth or something. Man, I'm telling you, cause we want, it's like, it looks so good. We're like, just take a bite. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that's our show tonight. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at treasure of J-U-L-E-S. And of course, on Clapback Culture on Instagram and all uh, platforms, you guys can follow uh, WW Kim Verge. So make sure to check that out. Um, that's our show tonight. I'm so glad that I can have Basa. I will be here next Thursday, uh, same time, same place to give you all of the trending topics and more. So come back. And until then, peace. Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.